This is the 11th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. <laughs> this project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I am a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. And the big news of the week was New York Times on Saturday came out with a huge series that they've been working on for quite some time about Tucker Carlson. And Saturday is the one day I try to take off, and that didn't really happen this week because in the middle of the day, I woke up and just was like, ah, oh. because <laughs> Twitter was all crazy because of the New York Times article. So I had to jump and immediately start editing stuff and sticking it on Twitter to try to get followers to try to ride that momentum. And I stuck a clip that I'd already already made of Tucker ripping on the uh, main journalist for that piece um, that I had made earlier this week, and I put that on a thread that the main journalist had um, written, and that got a bunch of new followers for me and likes and stuff like that. So uh, that's journalism. You can't, you, you don't, you know, the news happens when it happens, and you got to pounce on it. So this past week, let me just get into it. Um, here we go. Here's the headline. Fox News, Elon Musk is a superhero, while President Biden is Goebbels, Stalin, and Hitler. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending May 1st, 2022. Viewers of Fox News last week might think that Elon Musk is the greatest human being alive today. Joe Biden was somehow both a Nazi and a communist, and we're all about to face starvation due to the influx of migrants at our southern border and a secret attack on food processing plant. So Fox News was definitely going in a very pro-Elon Musk, buying Twitter, saving democracy um, theme. And then on Thursday, it was as if a huge record scratched. And the Department of Homeland Security announced a new agency called the Disinformation Governance Board. And all of the right-wing media ecosystem completely freaked out at once. I'm going to play the clip. This is from Fox and Friends. This was in the morning, so you can get a sense of where they were going for the rest of the week, what was left of the week. Here you go. Uh, you know, the, the headline of the New York Post, Big Sister is Watching You, is reminiscent of uh, Orwell's 1984, Big Brother is Watching You, and that's why yesterday started... Uh, the the hashtag uh, Ministry of Truth started uh, trending on Twitter. And I saw that a Republican running for Congress out in California said, who had ministries of truth? Well, Hitler had one, Goebbels had one, Stalin had one, and now Joe Biden has one. Okay, that, that quote is so insane for so many reasons. Number one, Goebbels worked for Hitler, so they weren't two separate entities, really. Um, Goebbels was the minister of propaganda under uh, Hitler. Uh, also, Stalin, if you know anything about communism, it's the polar opposite of fascism, which is Nazism. So that's kind of goofy. And yes, they both had, you know, a secret police and all kinds of propaganda, of course. But it's a little 
I don't, I, I always think it's funny when they combine uh, communists and Nazis, which is commonly done, because if you know anything about either group, it, that really doesn't make any sense. So um, what's funny about this, too, is that this was just the tip of the iceberg. This, his, Ducey's comment on Fox and Friends was one of hundreds that just came out of everywhere from every direction in the far right and right wing media uh, ecosystem. Everybody lost their minds. Um, but when I looked into this and I include a bunch of links, um, in the newsletter and I couldn't find that much about it. I couldn't find a primary source, which I always hate because there isn't one available. Uh, there's some evidence that this is a holdover, an extension of a program that started under Trump. Uh, and no one really knows what this department's going to do. It's kind of toothless to quote, uh, Mayorkas, the director directly, he called it here we go, small working group with no operational authority or capability that will be focused on foreign threats, not domestic ones. So there's no evidence that this organization, this agency could police speech, could curb speech, could arrest someone for saying something that would go against the First Amendment, that would be put down in court instantly. The First Amendment is probably one of the strongest uh, laws in the country because it's in the constitution and there's such a long, long precedent for freedom of speech being protected. Uh, I can't, there are thousands of cases that uh, almost always free speech will win no matter what. The only time, like the only time that even inciting violence is deemed criminal is if it's considered immediate violence. So I've used this example before, but you'd have to be in a public park with a crowd in front of you you would have to point to an individual and say, hey, crowd, go kill that person and point directly to them. That would get you in trouble. But that's it. It has to be an immediate threat and it has to be specific. It's kind of like uh, shouting fire in a crowded theater, which is also not protected speech. But for the most part, you can get away with saying almost anything in this country. Um, and we have some of the most liberal laws regarding free speech in the world, much more liberal than England, much more liberal than Canada. Um, so it's, this is kind of just fear for no reason. Uh, most experts that I read, uh, the biggest criticism of this agency is that it's not needed. It won't do anything. It's named terribly. It's scaring the heck out of people for no reason. Um, and Tucker, his way of handling this, which was really, you know, fairly disgusting, is he decided to go personally after this 33-year-old woman who was, um, named as the executive director. Her name is Nina Jenkowitz, and Tucker dedicated about 17 minutes to attacking her personally, including saying her her parents would be ashamed of her and that she was useless and stupid. And it was just absolutely vicious and useless and horrible. And there's no reason for it. It's like, I, there's nothing wrong with criticizing a government program. I don't understand why you have to attack this woman who literally has done nothing yet. She was appointed. <laughs> she's She made a TikTok video where she sang a Mary Poppins parody song and everybody was playing that going off on her. But that's it. Like, I'm sorry. I, I think it's very difficult to attack someone who's just been appointed to a job who hasn't done anything yet. But that's exactly what Fox did because they also criticized her on The Five and in New York Post and on Fox and Friends. So the next clip I'm going to play is it bleeds into this idea 
Um, Because like I said, everything was going Elon Musk, Elon Musk, Elon Musk. And then all of a sudden they went, it was this huge shift to this new topic. And in this one, uh, I joked about the horseshoe being real because the political horseshoe is when you take the extremes of the extreme left and extreme right, they start to look identical. Now in this next clip, uh, Tucker Carlson brings up a group that I would identify as far left. I'm not sure exactly how they identify, but there's some overlap with this organization and people who identify as Marxists. Okay, whatever. Um, Marxists, and I mean, I just think it's kind of funny to call yourself a Marxist in our economy because we're nowhere near that, but okay, sure. Um, And they take a similar angle of everything's a conspiracy, everything's some sort of secret government plot. We're constantly being lied to. They would call me the corporate press, which is hilarious because I work kind of indirectly for a university. I no way, shape or form am I a corporate press. <laughs> so, but they would, they would, I mean, the foundation that I work for gets money from all over the place, but they would say that I was like a corporate shill and that I took marching orders from the CIA or they, I've literally seen this group say things like that. And I just, not about me, but about journalists in general. And it's just absolutely laughable. So I'm just going to play this clip and then I'll talk about it a little bit after the clip. We can reveal that Biden's Pentagon, another group with guns, awarded a $750,000 contract to a group called NewsGuard. Now, that contract is for misinformation fingerprints. NewsGuard is an organization that claims to fight, quote, misinformation, but in practice is a censorship organization, targets anyone who challenges the people in power. NewsGuard is currently preparing a blacklist of sites that contradict the national security state's talking points on Ukraine and Russia. So this week, NewsGuard wrote a threatening email to the news site Gray Zone, informing the Gray Zone that they're spreading, quote, disinformation because they're not reading the script. So here's how the editor of the Gray Zone, Max Blumenthal, responded. He wrote this. Do you seriously expect us to grovel for approval from the same tentacle of the national security state and financial oligarchy that has rated CNN as a highly credible news source and whose board of advisors is a grotesque gallery of corporate propagandists, spooks, documented liars, war criminals who have never faced a scintilla of accountability for their actions? Kind of overheated language. Is it true? Yeah, every word of it. So when Joe Biden's censors come, that's the way you respond. Hey, pal, up yours. You want some disinformation? Here you go. You are a free person in a free country, and no law enforcement agency can ever tell you what to think or say, period. Okay, I'm going to clear some things up from that clip. Number one, NewsGuard. Looked into that. It does have a government contract. Uh, $750,000 from the U.S. government would be considered a tiny contract, quite frankly. Um, what NewsGuard does is it rates, um, news sites, media sites, whether or not they are misinformation or not, that's it. And they have a whole journalistic standards and they have journalists that work for them. And I, I looked into the whole organization. That's all they do. Gray zone was not shut down. No one was arrested. The website is allowed to print whatever the heck it wants. The website is, uh, still running. There absolutely nothing happened. There's no sanctions. There's no investigation. NewsGuard simply labeled gray zone as misinformation. Now, what's ironic about this and which always cracks me up about these people is that it's the same concept as the gray zone. Just like the gray zone can say free speech, we should be able to get our story out there. Ah, so can NewsGuard. 
and so can the Southern Poverty Law Center, and so can this show. It's called an opinion, and NewsGuard is allowed to have an opinion about Gray Zone. Ouch, sorry, you're not censored, you're not shut down, you are free to publish your garbage. And the Gray Zone is garbage. That's just my opinion again. <laughs> but I absolutely cannot stand that website. Mint Press News is another one that's just absolute nutter garbage. Again, just my opinion. Try to sue me for that. You can't. Um, they promote a lot of things that I would describe as Russian propaganda, which is interesting because in the same episode, Tucker was calling Ukrainian soldiers Nazis, which is similar to what the Gray Zone does. So Max Blumenthal is quite the character. He's very self-righteous. They get completely bent out of shape when anyone criticizes them and calls them out for promoting false information. They, what's so laughable is I read an article on the Gray Zone once. I did not include a link on my um, newsletter because I just don't want to promote a propaganda site. I'm already criticizing one. So I'm criticizing a multi-billion dollar one, but um, I don't actually don't know the budget for Fox News. It's huge. But anyway, the point is the gray zone, you can look it up if you want, no problem. The gray zone, I, I read an article once on the gray zone where uh, some young reporter was trying to say that the Associated Press was covering up stories, inventing stories uh, to make the a Russian government look bad. And just give, give yourself a second with that one. So this website run by a handful of Americans, mostly men, mostly white men, who are not in Ukraine and don't speak Ukrainian or Russian, claim that they have this like secret knowledge that no one else has and they understand this crazy wacky war and it's all hidden and somehow the u.s caused it and russia is misunderstood and ukrainians are a bunch of nazis and again these men do not speak ukrainian do not speak russian and are sitting in their comfortable homes and apartments in the united states making these claims. That alone should tell you that it's complete nonsense. The AP has hundreds of journalists all over the world. They have offices all over the world. They are considered the gold standard. Do they make mistakes? Of course they do. They're human, but give me a freaking break. So that's just there. That's a great example of Tucker defending the gray zone as the gray zone gets bent out of shape because someone criticized them. That's all that happened there. The far left is basically a mirror image of the far right with the exception is the far left is much, much smaller. They don't have the funding machine that something like Fox News has. They don't have the megaphone of Fox News, but they kind of produce the same stuff and they're, they're also harmful because they can manipulate and convince enough voters to throw an election. I may, I may be doing a special episode that focuses on the overlap between the far left and the far right, depending on how much time I have. This Just getting this newsletter done every week and watching all of that footage and everything is, is quite time consuming. So the next clip up, we have what was the theme before the Department of Homeland Security announced that new agency. And this is that Elon Musk is somehow magical. I'll play this clip. This, this next clip is actually two clips of Pete Hegseth, two weeks apart, where he talks about how Elon Musk is like a certain superhero. And it's funny because he tries to act in the first clip, which is this, which was later, which was this past week, 
that he just spontaneously came up with this. And he seems to forget that two weeks ago he did this whole extended monologue on it. So you'll hear the clips. Here you go. ...that uh, Joe Rogan had is the way a lot of people felt in that moment. Like, this never <laughs> felt like it was possible. Here we are. It's like Tony, who's the guy, the superhero, Tony Stark from Iron Man? <laughs> the billionaire? Yeah, that's how it feels. With a lot of beeps, right? With a lot, a lot of bleeps. beeps, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, All right. what's coming up next? Up that was a clip from last week, and here's from two weeks ago. A lot of people out there, fans of superheroes. Over the last decade, the box office has been dominated by Marvel movies like Spider-Man, Captain America, and, of course, Iron Man. In that movie, Tony Stark is one of the world's richest men, who also just happens to be a genius. When disaster strikes and the planet needs him, Stark steps up, using his power, wealth, and smarts to become Iron Man. Now, we don't live in that fantasy world. There are no superheroes waiting around to fix our problems. Just a couple of rich guys trying to do some good things. Real Tony Stark. Okay, you've got your finger in so many different advanced technologies. Are you sincerely trying to save the world? <laughs> I, well, I'm trying to do good things, yeah. That was 2015. Well, this morning, Elon Musk, the world's richest man, made a move to take over Twitter and resurrect free speech. So, yes, that is a that included a clip of, of Stephen Colbert uh, intimating that Elon Musk is like Tony Stark. But that was from 2015. And Fox is really trying to make that happen. But I don't think it really picked up any steam, which is, I think, why Pete dropped it again, kind of casually at Fox and Friends to try to, you know, push his whole... Elon Musk is Tony Stark. Now, they also did a film, I hasten to call it that, called Who is Elon Musk on Fox Nation, which I watched the entire 35-minute spectacular. And it is basically, they don't interview Elon Musk. They don't interview anyone close to him. It is simply uh, shots and short clips of Elon Musk, a lot of them recycled, with... <laughs> Fox News personalities as talking heads, just like, he's a genius. He's amazing. And the whole thing is 35 minutes of praise. It's one beat the entire 35 minutes. It's just like, he's going to take us to Mars. He is a genius. Who can else can make up a, an electric car and build a rocket ship? This man is amazing. He's going to save humanity. It's, it's so heavy-handed and so ridiculous that I was just like, please, oh my God. So that was, that was, who is Elon Musk? I'm probably going to do a special episode just based on Fox Nation movies because they're so bad. Um, and I don't want to take up too much time, but I can tell you as someone who has spent some time researching the far, far right, if Twitter gets rid of all the rules and allows anything goes on Twitter it will simply turn in to a neo-Nazi playground and it will be anti-Semitism, racism, the worst images you can possibly imagine. It's not speculation either because we've had forums where there were no rules, no community guidelines, and that's exactly what they turned into. They turned into like hate-filled, mean, nasty forums full of bullying and the worst images you could possibly imagine. It's literally one long anti-Semitic joke in some cases, Holocaust denying, Holocaust jokes, 
people strung up. It just I can't even describe what I've seen and I don't want it. That's what will, Twitter will turn into. It will not be a polite like, oh, hello, conservative. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. We don't agree. But look, we're talking. <laughs> it's not that. It's just Nazis, 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 hate, hate, hate. And then, you know, death threats. So anyway, <laughs> and on that note, we're going to go into the next clip, which is Tucker Carlson talking about how white supremacy, according to him, started during Occupy Wall Street. Supremacy! He has no idea what he's even saying. He's just reading a script that's been around a long time, since at least Occupy Wall Street, a little over a decade ago. Neoliberal politicians and media outlets began ranting about race constantly around that time to get you to stop thinking about what they were actually doing. And for a long time, it worked. But it can't work forever because it's not true. They've been telling you for a decade that white supremacy is the real threat. But if you read the news, you know that's probably not true. So the next clip you're going to hear is the head of the FBI, and this is from 2019 during the Donald J. Trump administration. Well, in terms of number of arrests, we have, uh, through the uh, third quarter of this fiscal year, uh, had about, give or take, 100 arrests in the international terrorism side, which includes the homegrown violent extremism. This year. This year. But we've also had just about the same number, again, don't quote me to the exact digit, uh, on the domestic terrorism side. And I will say that a uh, majority of the um, domestic terrorism uh, cases that we've investigated uh, are motivated by some version of what you might call white supremacist violence, but it includes other things as well. I, I think the greatest terrorist threat to the homeland is the homegrown violent extremist. I will say that These we take the best foreign which, inspired, which is the hottest inspired violence. That does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that we don't take domestic terrorism, including hate crime committed on behalf of some kind of white supremacist ideology, extremely serious. China, Russia, and white supremacists are some of the biggest threats to the country, according to a new report from the Department of Homeland Security. The DHS conducted its first-ever homeland threat assessment, which was first obtained by CBS News. It aims to educate the public on the most significant threats facing the U.S. So, yeah, the second clip there is from the DHS, and that was from 2020 also under President Trump. So this idea that um, Tucker was trying to push is that white supremacy being a threat was something that Democrats made up during um, Occupy Wall Street, which is absolutely absurd. You can trace white supremacy roots in the United States that go all the way back to the formation of this country. Um, so that's nuts. And then obviously the heads of the Department of Homeland Security and the head of the FBI both said that it was a major threat under the last administration, who was not a Democrat. So we're, next clip is Tucker Carlson's latest wacky conspiracy theory, which you probably would have run with more had it not been for the new Department of Misinf Disinformation. So here you go. Dozens of food processing plants all over the country have been disabled this year. Maybe it's totally normal. Maybe it's not. We don't know. Some of them have caught fire. Some have been hit by planes. We have no idea why this is happening. But what you need to know is that it highlights the vulnerability of our food supply. And it is vulnerable for a lot of reasons, not just plane crashes and fires. So that is the latest um, conspiracy theory that's already going like wildfire through the far right. It ended up on Tucker about a week after it started. 
Tucker did not provide any evidence because there is no evidence for it. It's very vague. It's this goofy conspiracy theory that doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, I fear it's probably just going to keep going because that's how these things tend to go. The next clip is sort of involving that, but it, it again is this whole idea of migrants being invaders, which the New York Times talked about a little bit. It's part of the Great Replacement Theory, which is a racist theory that the demographics of the United States and Europe are purposely being altered by governments with migrants to change, to make us more docile and ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's an absolutely ridiculous racist theory. Tucker pushes it all the time. And on this clip, he has a guest from Chicago. The guest name is William Kelly. He seems kind of like an eccentric weirdo. I couldn't find much about him online other than he was kind of a weirdo. So they're talking about a crime case in Chicago in addition to migration at our southern border. So there's been an invasion. A sovereign country has been invaded by millions of foreigners. Oh, it's our country. It's not Ukraine. So this has been going on for close to a year and a half now. Two million foreign nationals, a full-blown invasion. It's amazing if you think about it. Holidays. Last weekend, four women's bodies were pulled out of the Chicago River. Okay? If four women's bodies were pulled out of the Kiev River, I guarantee you that would be worldwide news, okay? Yeah. In Chicago, yeah. it's not even a one-day story. So, yeah, hundreds of bodies have been found in Ukraine in mass graves, and they have, uh, they've been stories. So, I, and there is no Kiev River. That's, there's no river named Kiev. There is a river in Kiev, but it's not named the Kiev River, so that's just a bunch of wacky. And again, Tucker constantly pushes this whole, we're being invaded, we're being invaded, we're being invaded. And another clip, because I can't play it, because I could, pl I, this podcast could be three hours long this week. Tucker just kept giving me clips. He basically says that we're all going to starve to death due to this migration and these food shortages and this sabotage of food processing. He kind of ties it all together and he says, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he says basically, uh, if you had a um, dinner party for 12 people and 1,200 people showed up. So it's just your classic fear-mongering on the part of Tucker Carlson and I think incredibly insulting to the good people of Ukraine to equate migrants coming across our border with the same thing as artillery and tanks and, and, and planes and missiles entering Ukraine to murder people. Um, anyway, so the next clip is Jesse Waters and Geraldo Rivera discussing Twitter's new possible rules with free speech uh, or towards free speech. It's almost as dumb as playing the race card. You know the left is losing when they're playing the race card. How is free speech mm. racist? How does more speech hurt black people? I can't figure that out. Where, do, where does that come from? Where does this racism fear come from? Is everything racist that you don't it like? In theory, I get their point, but again, as anyone who's ever seen a platform, we're allowed to say and do whatever you want. It just descends to the absolute worst of humanity. So it's just racism, racism, hate, 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 beheadings, beheadings, blood, 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 murder, murder, murder. Nazis. That's what it turns into. And I always joke about free speech because free speech is the government does not have the right to limit or curtail your speech. But that doesn't apply to businesses. So if I walked into a Costco and just was like, cuss, 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 swear word, swear word, swear word, I didn't threaten anybody, but I just started screaming my head off, they would remove me from the store. That's pretty much a given. They're going to pick me up and they're going to take me out of the store. 
Um, and they can do that. They have a legal right to do that. And that's the same thing as what's going to happen to a social media platform where you don't have any rules. The store has a right to allow a, a peaceful and pleasant environment for their shoppers. And Twitter has a right to have a peaceful environment for their users. And if it turns into constant bullying, graphic, disgusting images, um, constant anti-Semitism, racism, racial slurs, taunting of people, harassing people, normal users are going to leave the platform and it will turn into what Gab kind of looks like and Parler. And those are really, it's funny too, because the, the far right people get really bored on those platforms because they have nobody to beat up on. They're just like all in agreement and they all say horrible things and they're like, yay, and that's it. What a, what a, what a world. Um, so to finish the um, newsletter podcast, we have the stories. Oh, I forgot. Here we go. Bogus expert of the week. I didn't want to show the clip because I knew I wasn't going to have time. But Tucker had a segment for three and a half minutes about Vice President Kamala Harris's diagnosis of COVID-19. And he invites a comedian on to talk about it. And they just spend the whole time making fun of the vaccine and saying it doesn't work. Well, there's a lot of evidence. I think we could prove it very easily that the vaccine has cut down on deaths and the severity of the disease, hospitalizations, whole nine yards. But they just spend three and a half minutes with a comedian, you know, because when you think expert on COVID-19, Jimmy Fallon is the person I think of. And the last section we're going to hit is Fox stories that Fox News ignored. Um, and I'm just going to go through them very quickly. Trump found in contempt of court has to pay New York $10,000 every day. He withholds documents not covered on Fox. There was a stay of execution in a mother who was convicted of murdering her child. She probably didn't do it. There's a lot of evidence that she did not do it. Um, she was going to be executed by the state of Texas and some, the Innocence Project prevented that from happening. Next story was the Anti-Defamation League cited a steep rise in anti-Semitism for the year 2021. The rise was 53%, the highest they've ever seen. Fox News did not cover it. And finally, it was the 30th anniversary of the Rodney King riots in Los Angeles. And that's a whole story that is a little uh, long and involved to explain in this section. But it was basically a case of um, cops uh, abusing a black man, getting acquitted, and that caused an enormous riot in Los Angeles. It caused a great deal of damage. People were hurt. People were killed. It was an absolute nightmare. Um, so the Rodney King riots is what they're known as. And it's been 30 years. And there was a discussion about that on PBS. The other thing that Fox talked about that like no one else did was the, the what's happening with developments in the case of the accidental shooting on the set of the movie Rust involving Alec Baldwin. I don't think anyone else cares because there were no real major developments. There's a few, but it, nah, there's still no criminal charges. It's still working its way through the courts and the system. The civil trial is. And then the next is um, basically by the numbers. And that's where I take uh, the topics discussed by Fox News and by PBS. And I put them right next to each other so you can see how wildly different Fox is from a nonpartisan news site. And then I also do the bit with the words what I think I'm probably the only person who likes this section, but it always cracks me up every week. And again, as always, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Hillary Clinton were mentioned a bunch of times for no real reason. 
Um, and then finally, I want to talk briefly about the Tucker Carlson um, piece in the New York Times. It's absolutely excellent. I highly recommend it. I have links to all three sections in the newsletter, my favorite being the interactive, which is data journalism, which is what I studied in college, in grad school. And it's so you, the reader, can go through and see these beautiful graphics and they change as you go through. And it's just a great visual way of showing you the story and the magnitude of Tucker Carlson's craziness. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm wrapping it up now. You can go to TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, of course. Someone, uh, I don't know who, I just saw it come up in my PayPal, gave me a donation spontaneously. Thank you so much. I don't know how to set that up in Substack yet without getting in trouble with Substack, so I have to look into that. But if anyone would love to help out the podcast, this is a shoestring budget. All of the money would be going to software and equipment to improve the podcast, to improve this whole system. This entire project has grown so much in such a short period of time, and I thank anyone who's listening. I thank anyone who tells their friends to listen, a relative to listen. This show is supposed to empower people, friends who have relatives, coworkers, spouses who are hooked on Fox News and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get to them. I will help you try to get to them. I will help you try to crack that code and show them that this is propaganda and that they are not being told the truth. Thank you so much. Thor and Odin, the cats, the mascots of the show, send their love. I will see you next week. <laughs>